Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Our scripture reading on this morning, uh, I'm preceding it with another reading, and you'll know very quickly what that's about. But I want to first read uh, Exodus chapter 24, verses 9, 10, and 11. And that reads as follows. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel, went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and they drank. And now we want to turn to Exodus chapter 32, and read verses 1 through 14. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they had handed to him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards they sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them, and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it, and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. 
Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with a powerful and mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with an evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I'll give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are gathered here on this morning to celebrate you, your eternal love, to open our hearts and our minds to receive your holy instruction. We pray, O oh Heavenly Father, that as this information flows back and forth, heart to heart and mind to mind, that you will shape it in a powerful manner that redeems us, Heavenly Father, and make us yours in perfection of love. Amen. I, I have, over the course of 49 years, read that Exodus 24, 9, 10, 11, two hundreds of classes. And I've always asked, hold your hand up. If you've read this, I heard this before. And I have yet to have one person say, I've heard it. Everybody is like in a stunned state. I've never heard of human beings, a bunch of them, actually looking at God. Well, it's one man's opinion, scholarly opinion and personal opinion, but these verses, I think, are the most important ones in all of the Old Testament. When you ask people, what is your religious life based on? Everybody quickly says, well, it's based on my faith in God. Not quite. Almost, but not quite. It's based on witness. You see, these people had watched mighty acts of God unfold but they weren't quite sure what to make of it. Moses is a guy who trained to be the pharaoh of Egypt. The pharaoh of Egypt is the highest priest of the nation. He is supposed to learn all of the rituals, the curses, the blessings that allow him to actually physically change nature. And so all of these things we witness did Moses do this by magic, or was God really in the mix? Who are these elders? They are the patriarchs. They are not simply the leaders. They are the owners of the tribe. And when they commit to something, everybody is committed. God now changes his instructions. He says, bring those people up onto the mountain and I am going to meet with them. And they will not be destroyed 
about a power emanating from me. But I am going to let them behold me with their own eyes. I'm going to let them hear me. I'm going to converse with them and to show them that it is not an illusion. I'm going to sit down and eat and drink with them. So what's going on here? What's going on here is simple. Number one, I'm going to let you know that Moses is my agent. But I am the power behind everything that has taken place that has freed you. I am the one who spoke to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I am the one with whom they covenanted. I gave you a set of rules and regulations for daily living. And you swore to obey them. So now, ask any questions you have. Get any clarification you need. Because from this day forward, now that you have every possible proof that I am what I say I am, there will be no more oops. There's no more I slipped. Now, just like the blessings that would take place if you obey the covenant, now the curses, the punishments that take place when you don't follow your sworn word will take place. And they descended from the mountain with the understanding that all of the people they were responsible for were going to hear that from the high voice of earthly authority and they were supposed to be straight. And it didn't last. It didn't even last two months. Moses goes up on the mountain to get further instructions and he's barely up there six weeks and all of a sudden they're falling apart. They tell Aaron, we need a God. None of this vaporous stuff that we can't see. We need one that we can look at. We need one that we can focus on. So make one for us. Well, Aaron had been a metalsmith working for the Egyptians. He understood the craft of casting things in precious metals. And so he tried a little maneuver that he thought would keep them from apostasy. They loved the treasure that they were able to leave Egypt with. The gold rings that were in the ears of the pharaoh and of the queen and of the court and of the nobles. So he said, uh, tell them to take those earrings out of their ear and give me all that gold that they prize so much and I'll make them an idol. He's assuming that stuff means so much to them that they wouldn't give that up. They'd say, well, let us think about this. But you see, he didn't understand human nature. 
I want what I want. I want it now, and I want it like I said it. And he snatched that stuff out of their ears and gave it to him. So now he's stuck. So he fashions the image of Hathor, this god of Egypt that had already been shown to be not what the Egyptians claimed it to be. Remember all of the Egyptian cattle falling sick and dying? That was a battle between Yahweh and Hathor. And now they're making a Hathor image and they are applying plates and sheets of gold to it so that it will be their image of God. And now Aaron, he's trying to still maneuver. You know, he's a Teflon man. He don't want nothing sticking to him. So he says, uh, you know, tomorrow uh, we're going to get up and uh, we're going to worship Yahweh. And we're going to sacrifice and uh, we're going to worship him in this form. Isn't it fascinating how leaders people that we trust, people that we believe in, people that we expect to make the hard calls, people we expect to be the model of behavior, find ways to do things that dodge making the hard call. Do things that sell you a bill of goods. Do things that make you doubt your own sanity. Isn't this stuff that we were supposed to be doing? Uh, I had to understand that this wasn't supposed to happen. And so you're there scratching your head, and they're in the back room counting their dollars. They're in the back room talking about who they are without baggage. You see, let me say this to you. There's always a however. I meant to say, well, you see, what I really meant was, I don't want it sticking to me. I don't want it following me. I, I have my resume. That's not on there. I, I don't want the other stuff. It's dangerous business when people start to reinterpret what has been clearly laid out and you've been given an opportunity to examine and understand and pledge yourself to an agreement to follow and then at the first sign of trouble you want to deviate you want to modify you want to abandon I'm sure that those people really thought something had happened to Moses up there. But you see, this is a hurry up and wait thing. They were not willing to give God his own time to work in their lives. They experienced all these miracles. They'd gone through years and years of trials and tribulations. And all of a sudden, their shackles are off. 
all of a sudden the taskmaster is not lashing them with the whip. They're all of a sudden not setting up a name for someone else. They're on their way to the glory land. And there's a pause. And it's too long for them. I mean, come on, God, let's hop to it. Give us our stuff. That's how we are. You know, thy will be done. No, that is not what you mean. Yeah, thy will be done here as quickly as possible so that I can get on with living my life the way I want to live it. And so here they are now in a state of utter disaster. God is saying, I will annihilate them and I'll start over. Moses now is going to start talking to God, pleading like, you don't want to do this. This is going to cause the people outside of the tribe of Israel that you want to come to you because of their example going to never, ever trust you. They're going to back away saying, look what he did to them. The first time they slipped, he squashed them like a bug. He said, you're greater than that. Now here's a man bargaining with God, trying to use logic, trying to calm God down. But you see, God is like a good parent. See, don't, don't be spanking them when you're angry because you're going to spank them too hard. You're going to spank them too long. And then they're not going to learn a lesson. So God says, okay, I'm seeing it from the human side. And so I'm going to accept your plan. They'll be chastised, but they won't be destroyed. Still doing the same stuff. How many times has it been where in your heart of hearts you know that God should have come on down on you like a ton of bricks? But he says, all right, you should learn your lesson from this. I'm going to pardon you. I'm going to forgive you. But you're going to have to atone. You see, there's always a price for these things. And so our displeasure and our discomfort and our distress, said, where is God at? He's right there. And he's saying, show me some evidence that you've learned from this. Show me that you really are going to try and be a better human being when you touch somebody else's life and when you look into your own heart and look into your own mind and then open your mouth and say, I am of and for God. And so as we go through this remaining portion of this year, every time it looks like your world is in reverse, things are turning upside down, you're doing your best and it's not working out right, ask yourself, what's going on here? 
Why is this happening? What choices have I made that now has me skipping off of the rails that God put me on to guide me straight to my destination? And you can get back. He wants you back. And he's going to help you get back. But it takes a person who is committed to say, I am in error. I confess it. And now I turn my life back over to you, Lord. And I'm going to follow what we agreed was going to be the relationship between you and me, between me and my conscience and my fellow man. And all the God's people said, Amen.